This is Business of Home. I'm your host, Dennis Scully. Every week, I'll be talking to leaders and innovators from all corners of the home industry. This week, we'll be taking a look at how the design media is coping with COVID-19. It was already a tough time for magazines and digital publications. Now, with advertisers on the run and new challenges like socially distanced photo shoots, it's even tougher. But editors and publishers are finding ways to tackle the problems of the moment, and with their fingers on the pulse of the industry, they know better than anyone what matters most right now. Later in the show, I'll be talking to Pamela Jacarino, the founding editor of Lux Interiors and Design, and Tracy Cho, the general manager of Domino. But we're starting with Maxwell Ryan, the founder and CEO of Apartment Therapy. Maxwell and I talked about why a small crisis last year prepared him for a big one this year, what his audience wants to read at the moment, and which long-lasting design styles might fade away in the midst of the pandemic. This podcast is sponsored by Daydon, the luxury furniture brand that has changed the way we live outdoors. In the midst of an uncertain time, Daydon has been there for designers. Behind the scenes, they're filling orders, hosting video presentations, and shipping samples wherever they need to go. Now, home matters more than ever. And for clients who want to make the most of their outdoor spaces, Daydon has a complete range of elegant options, from iconic hanging loungers to collaborations with world-renowned designers like Gam Fratesi and Philippe Stark, to the new Sea Line Collection. Each handwoven piece embodies the synthesis of age-old craftsmanship and cutting-edge technology. To learn more, visit daydon.us. That's D-E-D-O-N dot U-S. This podcast is also sponsored by High Point Market. It seems like everyone in our industry is eager to get together again at High Point Market. And you can be sure High Point Market Authority is doing everything it can to make that happen. They're reviewing and researching safety and social distancing measures, implementing new guidelines and increasing sanitation efforts to prepare for a safe and healthy fall market. Stay tuned to highpointmarket.org for updates, and I look forward to seeing you there in October. And now, on with the show. Maxwell, thank you so much for making the time to talk with us. I really appreciate it. Great to be here, Dennis. Would you do me a favor and just tell our audience quickly about apartment therapy and uh, all that you've built over the years? Sure. So apartment therapy started as a design service in 2001. I, I was a teacher for seven years and I wanted to try something outside of teaching, but I really, my skill set was teaching. So I started a design service working with people in New York to help them make their homes more beautiful, organized, and healthy. And really what it was was sort of a, a, a geek squad interior decorating service and <laughs> door to door and, and, and uh, help people make improvements to their home. And it, it wasn't just the, the beauty part, which is typical, but also the health part and the organization part, which is a little bit newer. Um, 2001, 9-11, it was the worst time to start a new business. But what I found then was everybody went home as, as we're experiencing again right now. And- exactly. You know, and, and I, was, I was remembering the last time you and I had a, a, a great conversation around the, the origin story of apartment therapy and 9-11 being a time where 
we, we did go back home again and, and wanted yeah. to feel safe again. Tell us a little bit of, uh, of what happened next. 2004, my brother came back from the West Coast and introduced blogs to me, and he helped me set up the first blog, Apartment Therapy New York. I did both. The design service really paid the bills, and the blog grew um, slowly uh, over the next four years. And then in 2008, um, I dropped the service and went full-time on the blog. And it, was, it felt like the riskiest but most exciting thing to do. And I knew that unless we went full-time on it, it wouldn't really grow. And so that's when it really started to take off. We went full-time. We had an ad contract. There were five of us at the time. And then fast forward through to 2020, um, so 16, 16 years, got ups and downs for sure, but we are two sites. The kitchen is our home cooking site and apartment therapy is our home design site. And we are um, a service organization and our mission is to help people make their homes still, like since the beginning, more beautiful, organized and healthy through cooking in the kitchen and through the rest of the home through design. So all, all of this has happened. The world has been dramatically transformed. I wanted to start by understanding from a from a business and advertising perspective how the site and your business has been impacted and, and what advertisers have been saying to you during this time. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back just a little bit. What's interesting about what we're going through right now is that in we, we had a, a big downturn at the end of 2018. We had a, and it was somewhat self-inflicted and we lost money for the first time in 10 years. And we did not expect to, we had not planned, we were planning <laughs> and we um, went into a hole and, and a hole that I had not gone into since 2008. And I had to borrow money to bail out the company. And, and you know, it, when you have a downturn, you'd think that the best thing you could possibly have is bring on an investor or borrow, you know, borrow and take a loan or something like that from an, a reputable company. But when you're down, nobody wants to help you. And they only want to help you when you're up. So I dug out of that and coming into all, all last year and coming into this year, I wrote a long memo to the whole company that said, we're going to operate differently. We are going to hope for the best, but we're going to expect the very worst. And this year we will take no risks and we will be super safe. And um, we're going to always expect that the sky could fall. And that, and that way, if we're right, we'll survive. And if we're wrong, we'll feel even better about our success. <laughs> so that was literally how we started the year. And then February, March comes and the pandemic hit. On the one hand, we were, we were totally prepared. We had done over the last year and a half all the, all the things to be super, super safe. We had stockpiled money. We sort of, I'd scared people enough <laughs> that that things can go wrong, that we were, we were not, I mean, we were surprised for sure, but we weren't unprepared. Um, we instantly let, sent people home. We began and we continued to work. The other thing that was really important was since 2001, 2008, those two big, big crises, I knew that if we stuck to our knitting, these types of crises, while not welcome uh, um, for sure, tend to favor our mission. And our mission is to help people in their homes. We're completely service driven. And I've always felt like if we do a good, a good job at that, we will, we will always have a business. 
And this, this time is no exception. This is a time, obviously, when everyone went home. And so our traffic has, has taken off. The other, the other thing that happens, and this is almost more important, is both 2001, 2008, and this is, is a digital shift. We are, we are knock on wood, on the right side of a, a greater historical trend, which is pushing people online. In, in 2001 when, or 2004 when I started, nobody was online. It was, it, I was laughed at, you know, for being online mostly in the shelter industry, not, not in the, you know, news and politics and stuff was, was, was heading there. Sure. Um, but, and then in 2008, you know, all the magazines started to close. So while it was a desperate time, we, our traffic took off because the natural push to digital only just got pushed harder. And that is absolutely what I think is happening right now. So we're, we're, we're lucky. We were somewhat prepared because we, we've been building a, a defense mechanism for the last year and a half, just because I got terrified. We don't have any investors, so I don't have deep pockets enough to bail <laughs> out of something really, really bad. I was lucky to get out of a year and a half ago, but, but I think that the digital push is real. And I think we are going to find that more and more people are, are, are going to come into our universe, which if we do our work well, um, will be a long-term benefit. I'm wondering some of the, some of the major advertisers that you, that you had, and maybe that shifted a little bit in these, in these weeks since, um, how they were responding, what, what signals they were sending about their, their plans. We've seen a lot of companies very, very quickly work to change their messaging and, and some of their strategy. What can you tell me about that? Yeah. Well, look, there's, you know, page views and, and traffic is one thing, and certainly advertising is not better. It is not better. And we yeah. have seen, we, we, we did see a drop. And we were, this is what I can say. So the whole thing hits. Um, we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen with page views. We definitely know that advertising is going to be impacted. And by and large, we were right. We figured it would drop 30, 40%. And, and so we did a quick, stress test to all of our all of our expenses and we said can we withstand a drop of 30 to 40 percent we cut a lot of things that were easy for us to cut we didn't lay anyone off that was a, a goal was never to lay anyone off and we were able to say you know what if, if the drop goes there we will be okay and and that was the message to everybody as they started working from home we we are we've tested everything we have made adjustments we did cut a bunch of tools and services we cut um, a bunch of stuff that was, let's just say, easier to cut. We cut back into travel and expenses, which wasn't hard, obviously, because no one's traveling. <laughs> we, right. we, there, were, there were a lot of savings we found, and then we felt confident we could withstand a real dip. And then we just prayed that it wasn't worse. And, you know, knock on wood, there's still, I think this is going to go on for a long, a long time. So we're not feeling we're out of the woods at all. But that said... Um, a couple things happened. Direct sales was totally impacted. It's dropped 25-30%. The direct sales team has been completely hamstrung, working from home, can't take meetings except on Zoom. Our direct advertisers definitely pushed pause. They definitely said, we don't know if we want to advertise. We don't know what our message is. But despite that, because of what we're doing specifically uh, online during this period, and because we are home and food related, they have found, I think, opportunities 
more opportunity than we expected. Let's just put it that way. We are nowhere near where we thought we would be if this had been a normal year. But right. I will say the direct team is doing better than the worst case that we thought. At the same time, programmatic has risen. We're very diverse. We, we have a direct sales team. We have a programmatic sales team. We have a commerce team and we have licensing. Direct dropped, but it didn't drop as much as we thought. And the team's been very good about finding opportunities. Um, I'll give you an example. There's a company that um, sells tomato uh, spaghetti sauce. <laughs> and uh, right now, a lot of people are making spaghetti uh, at home. And so they, they came on with a really nice campaign specifically for this time. And that was something, obviously, that wasn't expected. And, and so we've had a few quick turns that really speak to the pivot that some companies have made during this period. That's one, which has been great. Right. The right. second is programmatic has risen, which is great. And then commerce is gone off the charts. It, it, it's, I think it's 150% higher than we expected. So tell us what that means exactly. And, and, and for, for listeners who might not be familiar, let's, let's explain very simply programmatic as well so that listeners can, can keep up. So a direct sale is a sale to a direct client, an agency, or directly to a company um, where we interact directly with them and we put together usually a premium campaign, you know, banner ads, videos, posts, the whole, much more of a custom campaign. A programmatic is two levels. One programmatic is the agency or the client says, we would like to buy basically banner space on your site and we would like to plug into you directly and it, you set the floor and then we will buy or not buy on a daily basis depending on how good we feel and what, we're, what we want to do. But it's basically letting them sort of plug into your, your motherboard and with a little bit of guardrails, um, they, place, they place orders and they can turn it up and down at whim. Um, sure. And then the commerce side is people who are reading on our sites and clicking on links to products that they then purchase. It used to be mainly Amazon. It's no longer Amazon. It's now we're, we're quite diverse. It's Wayfair. It's, it's um, Walmart. Uh, it's Target. It's, and it's a host of little direct-to-consumer brands as well. Yeah. And, and, and speak to me about the direct-to-consumer brands, because I've been curious how they've been faring in, in all of this. What are, you, what are you hearing from them? That's a good question. I don't know how they're faring. I know that with the tr tremendous rise in traffic, a lot of that traffic is going to shopping through our sites. And, and, and a good deal of that is going, are going to these direct-to-consumer brands. I, I hope they're doing well. I, um, I mean, there's one um, pots and pan company we've seen a tremendous increase in sales, but I don't know, you know, these are also, this is also a company that's sold in retail stores as well. I, I think what the, what you'd probably hear them say is our business is off. The online has grown tremendously and the retail bricks and mortar is way down. And, and depending on how reliant they are on either one, they're either feeling good or bad right now. Um, but there's no doubt that people are shopping a lot more. They're stuck at home. They're shopping for home things. Uh, and, it's happening to large and small retailers. Yeah, it, it, I was I was on the earnings call for for Pinterest, and they were talking about the fact that they were definitely very impacted by the slowdown in retail, and and that was obviously a, a, a big a big portion of their of their business, uh, yeah. more so than I would have actually thought. Uh, but but others have have sort of come along. It, it sounds like to to sort of take its its place. As this all started to unfold, and as people learned more about the pandemic and and what it was ultimately going to to mean, and you were mentioning earlier, 
you yourself are sort of imagining this lasting for perhaps a lot longer than many of us are now thinking. Mm-hmm. How did your community start to to respond, and 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 what uh, started to resonate that you were that you were posting on the on the site? When I started, when everybody started blogging, we would get up in the morning and we would write and we would publish every time we finished a post. And I remember writing up to 20, 30 posts a day um, and, and publishing them. And I had no, none of this was written ahead of time. It was all real time. The, you know, and, and, and Gawker back in the day, which was, they, they were the, whether, what, whatever you thought about them, they were the best, the smartest writers on the web. Um, mm. They very much lived in real time. And I think that gave a tremendous vibrancy uh, to to what they were writing about, and it also meant that your voice had to be super sharp. And it was it wasn't super edited. It was it was it was direct. And over the years, as our businesses have grown, and particularly in our in our area because it's home and, and and cooking, we have to plan ahead. And very much like magazines, we have to plan stories a month and two months in advance. We have artwork or photography or video that has to be made. So we're we're pushing farther ahead. With March, we had to throw it all out the window. So much of what we had planned was would have been inappropriate at, at best, at worst, and and just meaningless at, at best. So, sure. the teams had to tear up the editorial calendar and start writing in real time. And what did they write about? Well, on apartment therapy, we started writing about organizing and cleaning. Uh, on the cooking side, we started writing about um, uh, groceries that were available. Um, and as opposed to that weren't available, we started, what do you do when you shop at the grocery store? Do you, how do you clean your food? Uh, lately it's been all sourdough bread and banana bread for what <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you know, flat baking was a big deal. So those no carb diets have gone out the window during this time. There's a, there, there are dozens of stories that we flew into last month that were not on the, not planned. And I will also say that they're changing. So the, you know, how to clean your hands was very much last month. Now people are moving more towards home improvement. Um, strangely or not strangely, the baking is leading from bread into sweets. Cakes is, is mm-hmm. on the rise right now on the, on the cooking side. So we're sort of witnessing at close hand a sort of a shift in people's real-time approach to living and thinking. And, and, and as we like to say, it's like they're moving up Maslow's um, – order of needs. It's the mm. concept of that the once the first thing you need is safety. And after you have safety, you need comfort and, and then you need well-being and then a spiritual, you know, at the very, very top, once you have all the previous things, you can talk about spiritual growth. We're moving through those needs in real time right now. And the content's reflecting that. I thought it was interesting to see that there was also a, a discussion about moving or relocating during this time and what does that look like and yeah. I, I saw i saw you had a a, a paid sponsorship with a, with a realtors about uh, what if you are thinking about selling your home during this time and i'm having a lot of conversations with people lately wondering if one of the big outcomes from all of this is a, a mass migration to the suburbs or is more people thinking about living in homes versus having gone through this in apartments. What's your, what's your sense there? I don't, I don't know. I think it's a little early, but I'm, I'm sure people are thinking everything. 
Yeah. Um, it's hard to say because we're in the midst of it right now. What I can say sure. though, if you go back to if you go back to nine eleven, and I lived downtown and was on Broadway when the when the buildings fell, and and but by the way, I didn't know what was happening. I was so close to it, we did not know what was really happening until hours and hours later. There were there is a whole generation of people who chose to leave New York at that time. Um, I had a chiropractor and his wife and kids. They they said we can't live in the city anymore. It's not safe. It doesn't. We don't feel comfortable here anymore. Um, certainly, that is going to happen. There is going to be a, a sort of a generation of people who are living through this in a very specific way, who are going to change their lives forever. That said, a lot of people are going to come out of this time and perhaps readjust readjust their lives. But they're going to go back to their apartments in the city, and they're going to go back to cities. Um, I think also people are a bit lonely too. And I think cities are actually where we're closest. And certainly the people I work with who live in New York love that proximity. And as soon as we feel safe, I think we're going to crave it and be right back there again when we're safe. Exactly. And and people can't wait to, to get back outside and, and get back into restaurants and get back into cafes and be, be, be with each other, right? Yeah. If you're in a couple and you have children, I think this this might be a life shift moment more so than for other groups. But again, I don't know. I'm just just a hunch. So let's get back to part of what I'm trying to understand is covering home during this time. You, you've, you've talked a little bit about how the, the conversation has evolved on the, on the site for you. I'm, I'm wondering what, what, you're, what you're thinking uh, is going to be the conversation in the coming months about the improvements that people want to make to their home, the changes that people want to make to their home, and, and sort of how does, how does home media speak to, to a, a vast array of, of consumers t- today? All right. Um, gosh, let me see. I want to tell me you've got a presentation to give me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I, so you, you mentioned, so we can, we have um, on both sites, we have verticals and vertical leads and we know which verticals are growing and which are shrinking and w- where the traffic is coming from, whether it's search or social or direct. Yeah. I, can, I, I think right now where people's heads are at because they're at home and because we're in the state we're in and this may not last forever it's right. organizing, it's cleaning, and their home projects. Um, it's also plants. The structure of our how we work is we we work from inspiration to teaching to connection. So inspiration is we we have a beautiful picture of someone's small home, and you go, boy, I really like that living room. I'd like to do that. Say there's a, a painted wall in the background. We do a how-to or a tutorial on how to paint your wall to look like wallpaper or something like that. And the connection piece is... Oh, and by the way, um, it, took this, it takes this special brush or a special roller, and we use this paint color, et cetera, et cetera, and, mm-hmm. and you can buy it online. That's what we do all the time. And right now what we're doing is focusing in on the small projects people want to do to make their homes organized, clean, but now increasingly better. And it's not super style stuff. I don't get the sense right now from our content that people are buying new pillows, you know, I, 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 I'm tired of the yellow pillows. Let's have orange ones. It's now more about I want to I want to finally build that um, book bookshelf in the in the <laughs> living room, or I really want to have more plants in my house. I uh, let me see how I could do it. How I could have some hanging. You know, what light they might need. It's it's hardcore home right now. It's homey home, homebody home. So how do you then plan 
for what you've what you've just described as such a sort of rapidly changing environment? We're not planning that far out. We have a large we have an editorial team, uh, and then we have a larger freelance team that we work with on a monthly basis. And so we have sort of a network. And and the way it works between the editors and the freelancers is they pitch pitch ideas. We we sort of sense the direction and we share it with them, and then they pitch ideas back. So a lot of this is happening from that. In, in, in much more in real time. If it were a normal May, we'd probably be saying, hey, everybody, it's spring cleaning month. Let's focus in on spring cleaning. And we would come up with things that were maybe a little bit more um, expected. Um, right now, we're looking for more and, and fielding more unexpected stuff. Um, for example, right now on the top on the top page, in real estate, real estate, we, we do a lot of property crushes and fixer uppers and stuff like that. But right now, the real estate post at the top of the site is, I moved in with my boyfriend during a global pandemic, and it's going dot, 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 fine, question mark. Um, <laughs> clearly, th- this, is a, this, is a, this is a thing that's happening right now. Um, we, we, we're doing a lot of this. We're, we're, we're doing real-time editing and planning. That said, the small cool contest, I shouldn't um, not say, we haven't done a small cool contest in about four years. We had planned this year that we we're going to bring it back. We've had a lot of email about it, um, wanting to bring it back. It's it's a big lift. And so we planned it, and then all of a sudden this thing hit. We decided to go forward. The submissions opened weeks ago, and the voting started just this past Monday. And in a, in a sort of wonderful silver lining, the contest, I think, is, is it, it's never been bigger in terms of traffic. Um, and certainly we worked really hard to do a better presentation than we've ever done. We have right now with this bracket, 78 homes are in this bracket, and you can go through and vote on all 78. Thumbs up, thumbs down. It's a Tinder, Tinder approach, pretty much. That so as you as you pointed out, and we were all looking forward to to actually physically going to that uh, small cool event, and and right, and yeah. and everything that was going to be around it, and and now it's and now it's virtual, and I'm assuming that you're imagining that uh, it will be some time before we're we're doing live events and and we're doing we're bringing things to life in 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 real life. Are you are you planning? A, a lot of other sort of digital experiences in that way now, thinking that you're not going to be in person with people for a while. Um, I, um, <laughs> no, we, we, I mean, we will, yeah. I'm sure. But right now it's May 6th and, and, and we, we had planned that huge experience to be in an yeah. industry city and it was going to happen last month. There's the experience, the small cool experience and the small cool contest, the small cool contest moved ahead fine as an online uh, voting of the finding the best smallest coolest home in the world the experience we had to very quickly pivot and transform we, first we we postponed it to june then we quickly saw that wasn't going to work so we transformed it into an online experience which will happen a week from this weekend that was a huge lift we had to take rooms that were meant that were being built and then have them fully illustrated and turned into videos so you could simulate moving through them. And we had to take all the products that were going to be in the real rooms in Industry City and put them into these these videos. Right now, the art department is groaning with pain. <laughs> I can imagine. They've been, working, yeah. they've been working really hard. 
So to say that, to say that we're going to do more of this, we're certainly we're not doing a live experience anytime soon. This has turned out to be, even though it was it's painful to pivot, I think everyone's excited, and I think we're we're looking forward to the live online experience. It's going to be Instagram and online on our site. Um, if we come out of that as jazzed <laughs> as I hope we will be, um, and also realizing that our advertisers who stuck with us, which is amazing because they, they were going to drop after the experience was not going to be at the city. They've stayed with us for the, for this online. If they stay with us um, and, and we can and excite yeah. them with the results, I think yeah, we're going to, that's all we'll do for the rest of the yeah. year. Well, that, that's interesting. And you, you mentioned earlier that you were, you were preparing, you were trying to plan for perhaps a 30 to 40% drop in, in advertising revenue, right? And, and, and is, and is that what has in the short term, at least materialized for you? Or, I mean, many, many sites are experiencing this, this great big pickup in, in, in page views, but at a time where the advertisers have, have pulled back. I mean, have you experienced that, that kind of a drop off or has it not been as, as bad as that for you? It wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be, um, knock on wood, we're doing better than our revised worst case scenario. This is a difficult quarter. Second quarter is it's hitting everybody for the first time, and it's yeah. really, really, really bumpy. Um, you know, normally I don't expect it's going to bounce back in three and four. Um, I, I hope it would for everyone's sake, but I think it's not going to. I don't think it's going to be that simple. So we're this is more of a marathon than a sprint. So while we're feeling better than we thought we were going to feel at this time in the year. Um, I'm fully prepared, battening down the hatches for the the second half of the year. Yeah, I mean, again, we're doing better than expected, and I think it's completely due to our categories and the fact that we're online. And obviously, I, I, my team will, will will be very upset if I don't say and all their hard work because they're working oh, so 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 hard. You know, I look at other sites that cover restaurant reviews, yeah. and they're just gutted. Yeah. And so it, it's not it's not falling on everyone equally at all. And we're we're lucky. Um, we're, we're, to lucky. be sure, uh, and 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 we, we both of us are are very lucky right now during this during this period. It certainly seems as if you're you're in a sweet spot with with home and and cooking as you as you said, um, but you're but you're not imagining it getting any any easier for the second half of the of the year. What what are you imagining? I mean, what what are you in your in your own head starting to to think about? I well, I think look, I I think and I hope that we see for us just us we will see the worst of it in this quarter. And it will slowly move up for the rest of the year. That would be my hope. In all of my research, and I've been reading widely and, and, and reading historically about the 1918 mm. pandemic as well, I, I think the, the virus is in charge. We are not in charge at all. And the only tool we have to not stop it, but slow it down is distancing. We have no other tool right now. So I, I think once everyone wakes up and realizes that distancing is our only weapon, we're going to be distancing longer than we would like to and we would think. It won't be forever, but it'll be longer than people think. And that's going to affect all of us. It's going to, and it's going to affect businesses and it's going to affect advertising and it's going to affect a lot of things. I'm, I, I like, as I said in the beginning, I've, got, I've come to the place now that we're 16 years in 
that optimism, I like to expect the worst and be surprised. And I find that that's the, as running a small business, it's the only way you're going to make it. I've, I've seen other businesses that get over optimistic, that spend money too closely and don't preserve their margins. And then they get hit with a bump and they're out. And we just we just can't afford to do that. So we're we're going to be very very cautious. Well, that that certainly sounds very prudent. The interesting thing about this, the, the home space. When I started, the home space is a sleepy space, and I shared offices with the folks from Gawker. They were friends, but they thought it was very funny that I was writing about sleeper sofas, um, and and they thought it was amusing and small small <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> and certainly, we were for a long tar- time. But the interesting thing is, we are. As a as a company, and and you know this because you're in the you're in the shelter business, on, maybe on a, on a different side of it. It it is a slower, long term business. It is not always as exciting as um, fashion or or um, beauty or other other things like that. But it it keeps going, and when you have shocks to the system, it's interesting that this is where everybody returns to. It's, it's weird to me that this is our Christmas uh, in terms of traffic right now because everyone's going through a really hard time. But it's almost not surprising to me because every time we've had hard times, and this goes back almost 20 years, people go home and they cook. That seems to be a real lesson here. As long as you keep focusing on that, you, you will have a long, slow-growing business um, and a good one and, a, and, a, and, a, and a one that's meaningful. And then when times are tough, it may get better. Well, uh, part of what I'm trying to figure out in all of this is is how to help companies who are in the home space sort of talk to people today uh, about home and, and about what they may want to to do with their home while everyone is forced to to, to be yeah. at home, right? So I'm I'm trying to figure out how to how to help people think and and talk and and relate to one another around this space. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing is they, they have to be super, super online and super transactional. So it's really easy to find what you need or, or, or buy what you need. But in terms of projects, they're going to change. Certainly the, the crafting, the DIY, the cleaning, the organizing are, are the heart right now. And then feel good things like plants. Plants were have been growing in popularity and it's a funny funny thing to say plants are popular but they house plants but they are but right now they're really popular so those elements that ensoul the home that give it warmth and life are going to be i think the focus of people um while they're home more if you want to think about the home from a design or a space think about what comfort means for people right now at home um, and I think you'll be on target. Well, it's interesting because several people have mentioned, you know, is this the time that we do shift away? There's been so much discussion for years. Are we going to make that shift away from mid-century modern? And maybe mid-century modern isn't perceived of as as comfy. And and uh, and and perhaps there's a there's a different kind of sofa that we're going to put in place now that's that's more for for lounging in a different way than we were thinking about before. What's your What's your sense there? Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, sofa. So we do a lot of uh, uh, reviews, and the biggest one right now is our sofa reviews. So people are definitely looking at sofas and buying sofas. Um, interestingly, they're a pretty big item, <laughs> and and I would agree with you. I think we will see a style shift. Comfort is paramount right now. Uh, comfort is also familiarity. 
So that's not things being brand, brand, brand new, but a little bit familiar, meaning older. But I would agree. I don't think it's going to go back to mid-century, which is much more angular, wood-based, and and um, more structural. I think you're going to, yeah, I think it'd be wide, not untrue to say you're going to see more upholstery, more softer surfaces, softer furniture, uh, tablecloths, cloth napkins, um, warmer colors uh, in terms of paint choices. You're not going to see stripped down minimal. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very much the sense I get. I mean, I know that so many people are focused on the fixing up the home office and all of that, but I, I also feel that they they want a much more comfortable, livable space in that in that living room, in that dining room, as you say. And I feel like there's a there, there's going to be a meaningful shift uh, around all of that. Yeah, and I, you know, pets. <laughs> I get a number of people who've um, got dogs yeah. in our company last month, and I think it's apparently I've just heard it's hard to find a pet because they're in demand. Um, so yeah, I, I think you'll see our coverage of pets goes up at post pandemic. As you follow the small cool contest in, in the different brackets, which will go out over this month, take a look at the winners because that speaks to what I think you're saying. The leader right now in the small bracket, I be, it's a home in South America, but the sofa is a big padded Chesterfield sofa, which I would never have <laughs> expected. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not mid-century modern. I, that's for sure. It's it's um it's different. So many people have predicted the, the, moving on from mid-century modern, but I feel like like the coronavirus might be what finally puts puts us over the over the edge and is the is, is the tipping point. <laughs> well, if, if it doesn't, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. If this can't do it, what will? Um, thank you again, Maxwell, so much. Yeah, thank you so much, and have a great um, great rest of the week. We're taking a quick break to remind you about Daydon's commitment to helping designers navigate an uncertain time. Behind the scenes, they're doing whatever it takes to keep projects moving ahead. Whether it's hosting presentations over video chat or shipping samples wherever they need to go. Discover Daydon's full range of handcrafted, high-design collections for lounging, dining, poolside, and beach. With materials ranging from Daydon's revolutionary woven fiber to highest quality teak, ceramics, upholstery, and more. Daydon creates unique atmospheres around the world. To learn more, visit daydon.us. That's D E D O N.us. And now, back to the show. Tracy Cho is the general manager of Domino Media Group. I chatted with her about how the COVID-19 era may change the way people entertain in their homes, why interior design will get less manicured in the days ahead, and what it's like to supervise a photo shoot remotely. So, so Tracy, tell us what the general manager at Domino does and what you're responsible for there. Yeah, I'm responsible for overseeing the operations of the business, both from the content side and the audience growth, as well as our revenue growth. And help us understand uh, the, the various revenue channels for Domino. So many are familiar with the magazine, but that is just a small part of the, the overall brand. Yeah. So we have our advertising business, which rolls into print and digital, as well as experiential. Um, so 
partnerships that we are producing and creating with the Domino Filter on behalf of brand partners. And then lastly is affiliate and um, commerce revenue. Okay. Okay. And I I wanted to start by sort of getting a, a sense of how advertisers have been responding over the past six to eight weeks and and sort of what you've been experiencing. Obviously, I'm assuming some people have pulled back, but but maybe not everyone. Tell us what's been happening for you. Yeah, it's been, you know, I think the first few weeks were actually a lot of pauses with people asking to just not make any decisions. Um, That was probably the hardest part and, you know, not knowing what was really going to happen over the next quarter. But we've actually seen that a lot of our advertising partners are open to conversation um, and actually are seeking out a lot of advice and consultation on research and development, um, marketing strategy, and then obviously ways that we can actually implement this through campaigns in the second half of the year. And when you say that they they asked for some further research and and wanted to sort of better understand the audience, what what kind of things were were, were people interested in in knowing more about, or what was the research? Yeah, I think the first thing is: are they considering to make purchases in this time? You mm-hmm. know, what are the priorities? What are the types of items where um, our audience is actually looking to invest? And what are some new ideas that they would like to see? Um, whether they're looking for like an, a range of what's important to our cons- consumers right now. Is it shipping? Is it quality of product? Is it sustainability? Um, I think those are all the different types of questions that we are able to ask our audience and then deliver the analysis to our partners. Interesting. And and a- anything significant or, or sort of surprising that you've been hearing? I think the most... I don't know if it's really surprising, but comforting is that Mm. people are looking for inspiration. People are looking for ideas right now. I've said this many times before. I feel incredibly grateful that we're in this home sector because it is one where we're spending a lot of time right now and everybody is being very thoughtful and evaluating their home experience and how they can personalize that and make it more about their style and also how do they make it into an environment that feels healthy and supportive and so we're able to kind of lend our voice and our curation towards how we can do this effectively and you know across a range of budgets really to kind of bring a positive source of inspiration through all of the news media that's happening right now i know experiential is obviously put on hold for a while and you you had been doing some really fun pop-ups and and some some really fun th- projects in, in in the real estate side of things um and who knows right now when we'll be getting back to to all of that and any thoughts of sort of when you when you think that's returning? Yeah, I think in terms of the scale at which we did pop-ups in 2019 and um those will probably not happen until 2021 uh, when yeah. we're inviting large groups of people and, you know, it's open to the public. That's something that I feel like is, you know, safety comes first and we absolutely would want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable before we uh, produce something like that. However, I do think that there is a, you know, different 
in real life experiential program that might happen sooner, you know, as soon as the second half of this year, which is just more intimate opportunities to connect consumers again with products and with um, designers and consultation. Like, I feel like that's something that we we could potentially see happening even in the second half of this year. So it it seems that many online companies are experiencing this tremendous pickup in uh, in, in in page views or click throughs right now. Um, what what what's been happening for for you on the on the digital side and and, and what are people responding to in a meaningful yeah, way? Yeah, we've definitely seen tremendous growth month over month. Um, you know, we had been seeing a steady growth over the years, but the last two months have been extraordinary. Um, and I think one of the areas that we're definitely seeing a lot of uh, audience growth is in our renovation content specifically around ideas for DIY and organization. Um, it's, it's kind of stuff that you would anticipate really rising right now, which is um, content about ways that you can explore your space and create a better environment. You know, we have a lot of work from home uh, suggestions and styling guides that I think resonate with our audience about small spaces and how do you be creative. I think there's also just really still true is looking into stylish homes. That's never content that's not going to work. And I think (laughs) even more so now people are, they might be coming in for a DIY story, but then they're exploring um, all of this very inspirational content around different spaces. I think something that we've discussed internally is that it is a moment for planning. You know, um, I think we're seeing not only through our audience, but even in our own current situation, you know, the first few weeks was really about, okay, let's assess what our current circumstances, and then let's prioritize a list of things that will really make us more productive and again, optimize for the situation. And I think that also happens not in your work life, but also your personal life. You know, we have a lot of time to stare at these projects that have been on our to-do list. (laughs) And, you know, you can start putting that checklist together and say, okay, these are the things that I want to do. And a really nice thing that we're seeing with our younger audience too, is that, you know, this idea of having a goal is really tremendous. So if you have aspirations for doing a renovation, really studying and understanding like how much do I have to save for this to happen is something that we're seeing a lot of um, eyeballs go to. Many have started to wonder if one of the one of the transformations that comes out of this is younger people especially who used to put such a priority around experiences are finally at that age where they're making that shift to th- prioritizing projects in the home as, as you were just outlining. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, one of the great things that we're able to do too is, or we've spent the last, you know, a couple of years really shaping is this idea of 
or we leaned into the fact that all of these things that you do in your travel, you can actually bring home with you. So we were trying to capture what people love about traveling, right? And these experiences is you get to see beautiful things and you get to do interesting things with different people. But we were always about how do you bring those ideas and bring them home? Because home should always feel great. You know, we kind of see the next few months after, you know, social distancing is a little loosened or, you know, and when it becomes appropriate, obviously, is this idea of bringing people into your homes. And what does, maybe it's smaller groups, maybe it's more intimacy, maybe it's, you know, these celebrations that you do, but making each one feel very momentous and special. Like, I think those are all things that we're going to carry through. And this generation will really embrace and kind of bring back into this, you know, long history um, tradition of family gatherings and family dinners and all of that. Several designers that I've spoken with recently have talked about how little attention their clients were paying to dining rooms in mm-hmm. the past. And and now they're, they're, they're talking about it much more with, with just that idea in mind that you suggested that people find themselves longing to have even just cozy, intimate little dinner parties mm-hmm. and 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 that suddenly uh, and and somebody was telling me earlier they've gotten so many more click throughs about dinner napkins and cocktail napkins and and just suddenly these these accessories uh, around the anticipation of this home entertaining that they're going to perhaps be doing in the fall or in the, in the winter who knows who knows when we'll feel comfortable sort of having people over again but it, it there does seem to be a, a shift in that thinking absolutely for many. and lighting lighting is so important you know like <laughs> absolutely um i think that that's exactly right like we're we're also feeling that you know this idea of entertaining no matter how small it is is personal touches that you can bring to your d- dinner table and I think that it might also change the way, hopefully it changes even some architecture and that some of the new way that we design new construction buildings and new homes will kind of have some of the learnings that we have right now actually come to play. That's really interesting. What, what, what do you think that would, that would look like? What, what are some of the changes that you think might be, might be made to, to incorporate some of how we're feeling right now. Yeah, I feel like some big kind of things that we've noticed is that apartments are, you know, for small apartments, have not a lot of baked in storage and organization. And so you have to bring it in. Um, So I think trying to see is that going to be something that becomes much more flexible and adaptable. So that you know, one of the big things is people being inside their homes, they're realizing, oh, I got to organize, I got to like, move things into (laughs) places, so I don't see it all the time. And, you know, what is the most functional way to actually design for that? Um, Kitchens, you know, I think there's a real opportunity there as well to kind of create a much more um it, it it's interesting about kitchens because i feel like and and you and i have many friends who did not spend a great deal of time in their kitchens uh but now everyone's home baking bread <laughs> and uh and and sharing uh sharing their sourdough starters and um and apparently moving into into sweets and pastries as well now uh, from what i can see um, so suddenly, the, the the kitchen does have this 
this new significance in in people's lives in that they're actually learning how to use the <laughs> exactly room. yes for and yeah. I think there's a moment for you know beyond just like building is you know the technology you know we all were waiting for smart technology to become smarter and to actually provide a service that was beyond just oh that's very cool you know oh that's interesting like a, yeah. but now these concepts are actually going to provide a lot of value to our users and our um, to people sorry um, you know if you think about the touchless faucet like that's actually something that feels very pertinent right now and that feels like something that oh why didn't we have that before you know we should always have an alt to be able to use it so that we're not touching everything um so you know i feel like those are areas that we're really seeing a focus on i have to say i've never used my laundry machine more than I have, nor my dishwasher. <laughs> like those two things, if something happened to either, I would really be in trouble, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I only read today how often I'm supposed to be washing this mask of mine. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot more laundry in the, in, in the weeks ahead yeah. uh, and, and apparently rotating them much, much more than I have been. So uh, note to self on that. Uh, but it, but it, is, it is fascinating to, to see how people's rhythms ha- have been impacted during this during this time and this notion that people are starting to change habits develop new mm-hmm. habits and, and 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 new priorities are 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 being placed uh, i was i was talking to to Debbie Probst from Herman Miller the other day and she was talking about our our dining room tables are suddenly a, a, a school if we've got small children at home and then they turn into our work desk and then they're also the dining table and our our home is sort of being called upon to to function mm-hmm. for us in such a different way today and i have to imagine that's going to last that that's going to linger well past this this period and what else is is going to be impacted it certainly seems comfort is going to play a much greater role in the in the yeah. home uh, yeah right? absolutely i think comfort um another is just how you create um the idea of feeling safe you know beyond just feeling cozy is this idea that you really do feel like it's an oasis and a haven where you can always go back to um, and kind of escape some of the uncertainty. I think, you know, we're all looking for things that we can actually control. So I think there's going to definitely be a focus on that in the near future. I also think, you know, in terms of long-term impact is we're even when, you know, things open up and non-essential businesses go back, there's going to be a slow kind of return. Um, And I think we're all going to be thinking about different ways that we even exist inside our office environments. Yes. And, and, and how are we going to do that? Does it, does it mean that we're going to divide the, the time that staff members come in? Does it, does it mean we, we come in in a, in a, in a smaller number on any given day? What do you, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think first for us is it's going to be optional. You know, I think what we've learned over the last eight weeks is that our team is highly productive, even in a remote environment. Um, there are obviously 
certain things that would be much easier to do in person. So we've identified what those meetings are and how often we might have to have those. So making it much more organized and understanding, okay, these are the types of meetings where the office would be really helpful. And so how do we create an office office schedule where people can go in and out, but it not being a full office? You know, there's going to be a lot of planning. Um, I also think that organization, again, even in the office is important. So we're going through this <laughs> audit of all the furniture that we have, um, all of the appliances and, you know, how we can create distance between all that, uh, all the sections and the stations. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in terms of, you, you, you mentioned how, how highly productive the, the team can be, and and I, I think many people are, are discovering how productive they can be at home, but there are some things that are just too challenging to try and do remotely. Where, where, where were you with your, your sort of next print issue, for example? I can't remember what stage you were at with, with that. Yeah, we were... About 80% of the okay. way through our summer issue that will be um, available and coming out in June. Um, and we are, were, you know, the funny thing is that the last piece that remained was actually the cover. Um, I can't share the details here, but it, it happened and we were able to do it safely. <laughs> okay. Um, Somehow a cover shoot (laughs) happened, happened. Uh, we can't say, okay. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think this also goes to the fact that the people that we, you know, feature in our issues are very creative entrepreneurs who know how to do things very creatively. Um, We also shot Leanne's home uh, that was uh, published on Domino of her place in California. And that was also something that was a, she shot it you know, with us, but it was a very limited two-person shoot. Um, So we found ways to work in this new environment. And, you know, we had people on Zoom calls and watching and giving guidance um, without having to physically be there. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So, so that's how you managed Mm -hmm. it. You, you, you had you had people on some Zoom calls, they could sort of see what was going on. And some people were literally sort of stage directing without even Mm -hmm. being there. Yeah. Lots of preparation again, um, and also just our community. You know, I think it's a really nice time to kind of find the people who you feel understand your creative vision. And, you know, we were able to kind of lean on people who get it and, we made it work. That that's yeah. amazing. Uh, be, be, because I, I mean, I was really wondering. I, I mean, the, the photo shoot part of it just seems the most challenging mm-hmm. right now in in how you how you get all of that, and and it and it's all about great photography and great images, and it, it just seems as if that's the the hardest part to to navigate. Um, it, it, how great that you had somebody that you were featuring that could also lend mm-hmm. a hand uh, with, uh, with that. And maybe that's a criteria for being on the cover of Domino going forward. How good are you, uh, <laughs> photographing yeah. yourself, uh, if, if need yes, be? Yes. How good are you at selfies? That will really determine. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, you know, we're going to be checking your Instagram account <laughs> even more closely right now for consideration for the cover. What do you think Domino 
evolves into next coming coming out of this. We were talking earlier about, unfortunately, we have to put the experiential on hold for for a little bit of time. Where can where can Domino go with its with its voice and its and its message and its understanding of the consumer that that loves Domino so so much? I think there's two sides. Um, one is again becoming this kind of research and development and uh, almost like an agency, like crafting the message for a lot of home brands. You know, Domino mm-hmm. has a trust and with their audience, we are you know truly authentically about servicing everybody in bringing their personal style home, like whatever that style might be. (laughs) Um, And so I think that's something that we can definitely lend to partners about how do you really kind of reach this audience? What are the things that you have to consider? What are the qualities that are important alongside how do you want to shoot these things? How do you want to produce, you know, visuals that really have an impact? And maybe they're not so, maybe they feel a little bit warmer and lived in and have that effect. I think that's one side of the business that we'll, we'll be seeing a lot of growth in. And, and less overproduced, you mean? Slightly, yeah. Like something that yeah, doesn't yeah. feel as like manicured or, you know, yes. Perfect. Um, yes, we're all yeah. kind of getting used to and feeling okay with a little imperfection. We're we're sort of loving people's backgrounds, yes. right? On their Zoom calls and on their little Instagram lives. We're sort of loving a little bit of the mess behind them or, or a, a little bit of the disorder. Absolutely. I mean, people are always commenting yeah. like, oh, where are you? Like, they're very fascinated by the background that I have. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, it's boring. Yes, I'm a minimalist. <laughs> like... Um, so yes, you know, I think that that's that imperfect quality and obviously while still really highlighting high style and good style, you know, moments that feel special. And those are the things that I think Domino knows how to do well. And then on the other side of it is this, we're continuing to really figure out our community and building that out as a resource again for whether it's in real life or it's through social programming or video, or maybe it will be chats, you know, and direct FaceTimes. I think there's this idea of access that we can bring to a really interesting group of style enthusiasts. Um, And, you know, commerce is always going to be, as you said, you know, we are a, we know our consumers. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there as well in terms of how do you, what kind of new products should we be thinking about? Uh, What's missing in the space? And is that something where, you know, Domino might have a future in? So little teaser there. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a fascinating time, a, a transformational time to be to be sure. And it it seems as if people are really going to be leaning into into home in a in a very meaningful way in in the, in the coming months. Um, and so it, it it seems as if Domino is. Uh, you you might have experienced that that temporary pause, as you said earlier. But uh, I, I imagine that those brands that that can afford to to come forward uh, will will want to. Absolutely, I think that we're going to see a stronger second half of the year, and, and beyond that is an even stronger and much more um, 
fruitful 2021 all around with better quality products coming into place, better mission-driven companies arising and really succeeding. And hopefully, you know, the quality of our content really living up to the expectation and us doing right by um, our readers and consumers of how you bring style and happiness into your homes. Well, I, I, I am sharing your optimism, <laughs> hoping that uh, 2021, it can't help but be a better year than 2020, yes. right? So I, it, it, it can only get, get better, let's hope. Um, Tracy, thank you so much for making the time to join us. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. We're taking a quick break to hear what the High Point Market Authority is doing to prepare for fall market. It seems like everyone in our industry is eager to get together again at High Point Market, and you can be sure the High Point Market Authority is doing everything it can to make that happen. They're reviewing and researching safety and social distancing measures, implementing new guidelines, and increasing sanitation efforts to prepare for a safe and healthy fall market. Stay tuned to highpointmarket.org for updates. I look forward to seeing you there in October. And now, back to the show. Pamela Jacarino is the founding editor of Lux Interiors and Design, which publishes 14 regional editions across the country. I spoke with her about what it's like to put together a print magazine in the midst of a pandemic and how the definition of luxury will change in the days ahead. Hi, Pam. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Dennis. It's so nice to speak with you today. Well, I really appreciate you making the time for all of this. I know you have a great deal going on. Uh, but I wanted to start by having you just explain a little bit uh, around Lux and all of the many facets of the multiple magazines you put out and the, and the digital side of the business and, and just help us understand Lux as a whole. The wonderful world of Lux Interiors and Design. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad you asked. Uh, this is our 15 year anniversary, Dennis. Wow, uh, which we will be celebrating, perhaps okay. virtually, um, but we will definitely be celebrating in it with our November December issue. But we've always believed strongly in regional design in a local perspective, and so when we launched this um, magazine. 15 years ago, that was sort of baked into our brand DNA and has stayed with us all these 15 years. And so we are in 14 regional markets across the country. We have the most amazing team of <laughs> editors and market directors, and we put out 75 magazines a year, Dennis. That's right, and 75 magazines a 75. year. 75. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like one day I sort of lost count. <laughs> well, you, ma you made a very big job for yourself, is I guess my point. Um, you, you, you grew it and grew it. Uh, I imagine it's it's incredibly more complicated now. You just brought out your, your May-June issues in all of these different regions. Was much of that already in the works and, and, and laid down? Or, or how much of that did you have to do during this time to get those issues out? There was a real two-week intensity <laughs> in sort of going through, <laughs> okay, hang on, let's go through everything and see what we have and what, what we may have to shoot and to right. move some things around. May, June pretty much was in the can. Yeah, yeah. So we imagine. were good there. But it yeah. was really July, August, where we had to quickly collect ourselves and 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 figure everything out. I, I thank God every day for our executive editor, Brittany Chevalier, and our executive managing editor, Heather Carney, 
and our <laughs> team because they just, you know, everyone knows what they need to do. So it was, yeah, we had to push some of our shoots. Um, we couldn't shoot our artisans who we love to shoot for July, August, because I had to make a decision about that. And I felt, you know what, health and safety is, is going to be number one. We just pivoted and got organized and got on with it. But yeah, there were two weeks of, uh, (laughs) I might have a little bit more gray hair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I I, I can imagine. I I, I mean, I I can imagine. So, so in general, you sort of made the decision that you, that you couldn't do, you couldn't do some of the photo shoots that you were hoping to be able to, to do because there, there was just no way to sort of safely pull that off. Yeah. And we have a, you know, look, we operate with a pretty healthy inventory, uh, you know, in all of our regional, this is the feature well that I'm, that I'm talking about. Um, you know, so, so that's where we had to make a lot of, a lot of moves. You're dealing with homeowners and, and it's sensitive. Of course, we absolutely, you know, want to get our photographers that we work with across the country back in and we're starting to go through for September, October books and beyond having those conversations with homeowners and design professionals and we hope to get back to um shooting quickly yeah no absolutely Uh, along those lines i'm i'm wondering as you as you saw all of this starting to unfold and you realized everyone was going to be home and the 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 magazine was was going to need to sort of strike a, a a somewhat different tone how did you decide what was the, the tone you were going to strike and, and what is the tone that you're striking right now? Yeah, that's a really, um, it's a really good question. It's something that we're still sort of working through. And, you know, as you can imagine, we, for July, August, you know, we, we were in the middle of putting everything together with our copy. And so going through um, a lot of the stories having to, you know, work with the team in terms of, you know, striking that right, that right note, uh, you want to be sensitive. There's, there's a lot of heartbreak that's happening now in the world. There's also a lot of humanity. And there's also people that I think, you know, they want to be inspired and look at something beautiful. And, And I'm someone who, at my core, truly believes that that beauty matters and that it's not a frivolous pursuit, and that it does help your soul. And I think it's something in the print book, we're looking at, you know, what do, what kind of stories do we want to tell now in the front um, for our September, October issue, which is about, usually it's about the luxury report. And what right. does luxury mean now to people? So there's that avenue. And then beyond that, we've had a lot of new ways that we've, that everybody in media has had to pivot I, I always I think that the last eight weeks I haven't worked on a print book. I'm working on a TV show, <laughs> and, and 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 we've launched something new at Standout called Design TV, and so we've been sort of speaking about design through that through that uh, microphone, if you will, and uh, so it's a time of of you know content coming out from Lux in really new and inventive ways. So some magazines there's there's a bit of a disconnect between the the online presence of the of the magazine versus the the print magazine itself. I'm wondering what the connection is at, at Lux and and how you're looking at that. We have a new VP of digital. His name is Bobby Bonet and um, he's got an amazing video team uh, that and that we're backed at by Sandow. 
And hmm. so we quickly put out Design TV, you know, from all the Sandow design brands, uh, Lux, Interior Design, Gallery, Metropolis, and all of the voices there. For us at Lux, we are putting out programming like masterclass videos with the likes of Bunny Williams and Alessandra Branca and Timothy Corrigan, in addition to programming that has more of a regional um, bent to it. And Dennis, we're, we, we, we came forth with that on um, Facebook Live. Yeah. We moved it quickly to IGTV. Mm-hmm. And um, we have had over 1 million views and 5 million impressions driven by Design TV. You know, now one thing I am scared about. <laughs> impressions, <laughs> Do right? tell. Uh, you know, what does you worry me? I thought, oh, God, we get the magazines. And then, you know, this Design TV, it's not going away. But, you know, it, it it's just another avenue. And I like to think of that we have different platforms to tell creative stories there's so much content that we have and can put out and we're tapping into all the editors that we have who are who are so amazing in getting their voices out there but it's a little scary to think about now the print book and design tv but we're we're doing it and we're we're, we're really having fun with it so well more it, to come. It, it, yeah, well, it, it it certainly sounds that way, and it's so interesting that you say that because it seems as if uh, it seems as if that will stay now that now that you've built it out. It looks like that'll be yet another responsibility for you and your team. I'm wondering the actual mechanics of of putting together a, a, a magazine and the the need to sort of have that that community to to brainstorm and to sort of filter through things is is challenging when when everyone, right? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, it's interesting. We, so we have, there's a lot of meetings on the calendar. They're always where there's a lot more. Um, We are, we are fortunate to be able to, and I did go to the office this week, (laughs) socially (laughs) distance, and it is open down, he open quote unquote, meaning, Meaning, you know, you could put in the alarm code and get into the front door. There's really, you know, there's two people in the office that are just like checking <laughs> right. the mail. But, yeah. you know, I, I called our design director and our art director because, right, we've got a lot of covers <laughs> to yeah. sign off on. And, and yeah. something like, you know, look, the production values are incredibly important to us. The paper that we print on, we, we want to hold those um, those as high as we can. So, uh, you know, we slacked. We've always slacked. and. And I said, you know, let, let's try to meet into the office this week and sign off on on our color proofs for the covers. So we did that in my office, socially distancing, six feet apart with our gloves and our mask on. And, okay. and that's Interesting. something that, you know, we, we, I don't want to compromise on that. It's incredibly important. And we, you know, beyond our you know, our, our readers, the design community, and, and, you know, for our partners, I mean, we were very dedicated to putting out a top-notch um, product. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to know how to talk about luxury these days, or, or or what does that mean for people? And it seems as if there's a there's a very new definition for many people of of what luxury suddenly means to to them. A hundred percent. I think a lot of people obviously are are starting to think about, you know, what their homes mean to them and what they're going to want from their homes now and maybe in the coming year as as you know as people are starting to think about my goodness i i'm going to have to educate my grade school child p- perhaps through through the fall 
Um, and, and I'm, and I can't get out to a restaurant. I'm going to have to, you know, I've been preparing, I mean, for myself, I've been preparing every meal for my family, <laughs> you know, in, in my, in my home, some meals better than others. Like, look, peanut butter and jelly sandwich could be like the new gourmet dinner at the Jackarino, at Shea Jackarino. And some days it is. It's and like, and pe- people should manage their expectations that are coming to the Shea Jackarino, right? Yeah, they listen, should. <laughs> this this morning, I just I like made some hard boiled eggs, and it is going to be egg salad tonight. <laughs> and let me tell you something, I'm going to try my best to get it on a good like piece of sourdough bread and uh, with some good Himalayan pink salt on top, and voila! If I can and find a piece it. of parsley, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be delicious, and they better darn well appreciate it. <laughs> they better appreciate it. <laughs> but you know, yes. I, it's really interesting yeah. to think about. You know, I, I like to jump forward. I always like to, in my mind, jump a little bit forward so that you could look back. But you think about history and pandemics, and the fact that they have really spurred big changes in architecture. Right, everything starts with I think architecture, even in, for our homes. And, you know, you think about, you know, early 20th century modernism really sort of stemmed from, you know, um, curing a lot of diseases. And they thought, you know, let's get sunlight and fresh air into homes. Right now, we're not there with the fascination, but it will be, this will happen, that the architects and the the, the innovators will start and the demand for for certain ways that we want to live. I mean, we've been talking to a lot of architects and builders. And uh, I think they're rethinking um, for the future interior spaces, um, multi-using spaces. You know, your dining room might become a library for you. And where are the kids going to do their homework and, um, and all of their activities? So, uh, you know, outdoor spaces, which I think people are really, to, to the, the people across the country that can um, get out or might have a patio, um, are, are really um, craving that if the weather is good for them to get out now. So um, things like materials will be reevaluated and surfaces. So it will be very interesting to see how this shapes, how this period will shape architecture and design on a big macro um, level. I was I was talking with Maxwell Ryan the other day and we were sort of jokingly, not jokingly, wondering, you know, is does does the coronavirus sort of bring an end finally to to mid-century modern that that, that somehow seems less comfortable in this in this time right now where where people uh, as you were saying sort of need more from everything in their in their home is, is there that kind of a shift that comes out of this well I will tell you what I have been personally um, obsessed with my chairs every chair in my house I was not as comfortable as I thought it was is it- <laughs> said the woman who realized you know what I haven't been home much and you know gosh I've got to get different my kitchen chairs no no good I think people are going to crave comfort and warmth. Look, we're all baking banana breads. Why? Because we. <laughs> why are we craving cards, right. carbs, Dennis Scully? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, trust me, because <laughs> we, we we want to be comforted. You know, it, it's it's super interesting that people are going back to. It's like Victorian times, and people are you know pressing flowers is now coming back, and it's this giant throwback. And so it it's really. Um, it's a weird time, right? It's just so well, odd. 
Yeah, I mean it's 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 a fascinating time, and and as you say, people are 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 changing their their habits, and and are changing their habits for a long enough period of time where many of them are likely to stick. I feel as if a, an inevitable massive shift is is coming in how people decorate, how people think about what they need from their home, and I wonder how you. Think about covering that from an editorial standpoint. Yeah, I, I I do think we're going to start to see this this you know our stories will start to move starting with our September October book into more of a dialogue on comfort. I think we're going to start to see these things emerge in when we go into shoot you know the homes that we feature in the book. It's going to all be very interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the book looks like in a year, um, right after we after people have sort of reimagined their own their own homes. But yeah, we definitely we're going to be reevaluating the stories that we put in the book, the homes that we put into the book, and making sure that we're speaking um, with the right voice and 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 that we're covering all of all this massive change. That that that's taking that's taking place in residential design. In our local scene pages, we've always covered, you know, a lot of a lot of restaurants and hotels, and that's something where that is one of those instances where I had to call our editors that work on those stories and say, you know, let's take a look at this and and make sure that uh, what we're putting out there will will make sense. And so I think it's something that's going to evolve, Dennis. I don't think it's something that where you know immediately we're going to shift everything that we do. Yeah, I mean it, it it's it's interesting too again getting back to your your broad regional focus. It, it it seems as if and and maybe you can give me a little insight into how it is in in Florida for you. Um, but one one hears that it's very different than how things are in in New York City and in and in many of the areas where you have quite flourishing books uh, there are there are many local residents who who feel that not not a great deal has changed as a result of all of this depending on how many people have been impacted what's your what's your sense there? yeah we've we've heard from 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 all the markets it's interesting I spoke with a designer in uh in Atlanta I think she's in South Carolina now and she said you know I did my first virtual install through Zoom I had my homeowner and 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 I said you know move this over a little bit to take the chair move it over a little bit to the left so that was <laughs> that was kind of fascinating uh you know virtual installs from one designer and um spoke to um another uh designer that, who we know in Dallas who, you know, is moving forward in a lot of the communities, Dennis, you know, building and construction was deemed to be essential. So um, they were, they were moving forward. I think a lot of the architects and builders, a lot of those projects are moving forward, or they're, you know, they're being retrofitted for, uh, for the new times. Um, hmm. You know, the, the mudroom is going to change. And I think the way people enter into their homes with it, with it being sort of self uh, safe and hygienic will change. Uh, you know, in San Francisco, it's a little bit more shut down. It's just starting to maybe open up. Mm -hmm. Same with L.A. Chicago is a little bit more closed down, but is starting to. And you know we've talked to a lot of the manufacturers too. We we I was just on a call with a big manufacturer in North Carolina, 
whose business was uh, deemed essential because they were making masks. They're getting a lot of orders, some of them still, from across the country, which is good. Um, but they're having to rethink how they do everything um, on the manufacturing side, which sure. is also sort of interesting. Um, so it's, it's run the gamut. And we, we obviously, we see a lot of people leaving the, the cities, going to um, the suburbs, going to um, their second homes. I think probably every home in the Hamptons is now occupied <laughs> and will be for, 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 for quite some time. For quite some time. Uh, yeah. So we're hearing it. Um, we're hearing it all over. And obviously, with all these communities, we spoke to our editor in Atlanta um, she was like, my goodness, people are just walking around, <laughs> you know, like nothing. So, you know, I, I think for our for our team, we want everyone, and, and, you know, I hope everyone listening, you know, we want everyone to be safe. And um, obviously, it's just one of these really, you know, you want business to get back and the economy to get back to some semblance, um, but hopefully everyone doing it very safely. And 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 with 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 some common sense. Uh, I I wonder when you when you think about you 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 touched earlier on the the healing power of of design, and we should point out for listeners that in addition to being this wildly busy editor in chief, you're you're also an, an artist, and and you you are at, at home with your with your studio and your and your painting, and and you. You are an incredibly sort of creative force as well, and I and I know that coming out of this, people are going to need a lot of of, of healing, and and the the home can do a great deal to to help with that. I, I think you know it's it's very old fashioned things that really matter in life. It's it's pretty simple, Dennis, from my perspective, and you know being somewhere that you feel comfortable and that where you can feel like you can be yourself. And um, and where you can you know find some headspace, and I think people are going to reevaluate their lives now. And I think it's a big, big moment for people to sit quietly with themselves and evaluate. You know, where have I been? Where do I want to go? What's what's important to me? I I think the answer is just honestly, it, it's not very complicated. And I think the other thing is, Dennis. You know, we realize. We don't need that much. You, you really, you don't, you don't need that much. I've always, I'm, I would be like, oh God, there's an event. I have nothing to wear. I walk in my closet. I think, oh my God, I'm giving away half my clothes. I don't need that much. I need a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if there's not at the end of the day and you're, and you're friends. I mean, it's, it's, it's really sort of a simple and beauty in your life. I mean, for, for me, I think you know, looking at something that's, that's, that's beautiful, whether you're on Instagram, whether, whether it's in your home, creating something, making something with your hands. These are, these are things that are, um, I, I, I think that they can feed your soul. I really believe in that. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and I wonder if in many ways, to your point, if that isn't the ultimate silver lining that comes out of this, so many of us realizing and perhaps appreciating more than we ever have before all that we already have and, and how little we really need to, to really be happy. A good comfortable chair and a good reading light and uh, some nice soft music, maybe a cocktail. 
that peanut butter sandwich and there you go <laughs> that I peanut mean, butter sandwich seems to loom large apparently Andy. <laughs> i am hungry and crazy. yes i really I, haven't had one since covid i don't know why it keeps really okay it's no, obviously apparently, there you go it's it, it, it's it's a craving clearly and I, I i want you to i want you to address that immediately would you please um bam, bam thank you thank you so much for for making time for us i i really appreciate it, it it's really been such a pleasure to, to talk with you it's always a pleasure to speak with you dennis thank you thanks for listening I know these are uncertain times, but in conversations I've had in the past few weeks, both on air and off, I've been so inspired by the creativity and ingenuity that defines our industry. Home is more important than ever, and no one understands that better than the design community. If you'd like to keep up with the latest news, visit us online at businessofhome.com. A quick announcement, right now we're hosting twice-weekly community webinars with experts from around the industry. They're available only to members of the BOH Insiders program, so be sure to sign up on the site. And finally, if you have thoughts or a story of your own to share, please drop us a line at podcast at businessofhome.com. This show was produced by Fred Nikolaus and Marina Felix. I'm Dennis Scully. Thanks again. Stay safe and healthy, and I'll see you next week.